We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Kits and Wagers, where the bets are made up and the records do not matter. I'm Adam Sedroik, joined by Chris Owen. We're here talking Wednesday night for Game Week 7 in the Premier League. Chris, rainy days over there on the West Coast. We can hear a little bit on the uh, on the sound, but it's not too loud. I can hear you. I think everyone can hear you pretty clearly. So so we're good here. We, we got to start off, though, with this new Seattle Sounders logo. Uh we talked a little bit about it. You have you have some thoughts. You said you have ten minutes worth of thoughts here. Let's hear them. <laughs> yeah, huge, uh, huge rebrand that came out for the Seattle Sounders. I am, of course, you know, uh, I guess they've adopted me as a fan since I've lived out here, uh, coming up on uh, close to four years here. And you know, good team, good club, usually a pretty good product on the field too. So I do a lot of games, and the you know. They decided for whatever reason, like a lot of ML, MLS teams have been doing over the past couple of years, they needed a rebrand. Um, you know, what we've seen from a lot of MLS teams is maybe they've missed the point on a, on a couple. I think I can think of a few clubs who maybe had some some uh, feedback that wasn't the best following their rebrand, <laughs> Chicago Fire. Um, but uh, the Sounders, of course, they have they kind of have this like loud. It's a very I mean, rave green is, is their base, kind of that like highlighter green. Uh, they have a blue and just a, it's it's a very loud kit, I guess, in general, a loud color scheme. Um, but they did this and they had an NASL team, I guess, in back in 1974, which they started. So they kind of went back to the roots on this. Um, I, you know, my my first interpretation of the rebrand is that it went well. Uh, they did. I think the biggest thing for me is they somehow incorporated it in Orca, the whale, the killer whale into some sort of. Uh, yeah, into. Adam's bringing it up here if you're watching on, on YouTube here, but they brought a, there's, this is there. The main logo looks great too. They kept the needle, which is, you know, iconic landmark for the city, but they did also bring in, um, this is a separate piece of, they brought in like an Orca little thing that you can, I saw it on a couple of their new apparel. It was on a shirt. It was on a hat that I'll probably be purchasing, but all in all, it's just like a cleaner, less to mid two thousands brand, which their previous one looked like. So um, I'm a pretty big fan of it. Adam's scrolling through here. They also kept the, uh, they went from, instead of they, they were SSFC before and they kind of rebranded back to SF. There we go. There's the Orca. Um, <laughs> I did have questions about this one. 
That thing's sick. It looks so cool. <laughs> I need it. But uh, yeah, be, if you can get an orca on anything, I think you have to. They also have the carnation, which is, is which is kind of interesting too. But yeah, that green hat with the orca. <laughs> we buying that thing. Um, but it yeah, just no, looks like a like you're going to an aquarium or something. Yeah. Like, hey, I totally. went to the Seattle Aquarium. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a ferocious orca by any means. I mean. Although orcas don't look extremely ferocious, they are. They can be very ferocious. Yeah. So um, that's pretty sick. And then, like, they went from SS, they were SSFC before, and now they've just like condensed it to SFC, which is way better than SSFC. Like, who are we kidding? So I do like uh, this this clean, the main logo. This one's pretty nice. I would yeah. say that. Yeah, totally. Like, I love that. Just just the white, though, the strictly white. Um, that looks good too. So, yeah. And, you know, Going back to like their NASA, NASL days of the 1974, um, you love to see that, especially considering I think they started back in the Seattle Sounders started back in like 2000 ish, early 2000. So pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably buy a little bit of gear here. But, uh, you know, in the scheme of MLS teams rebranding, I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I worked at uh, Sporting Kansas City when they rebranded. Uh, this was 12 years ago, 2011. And it kind of reminds me of that. It's just like a slick, pretty, pretty nice. Not, not like that simple, but pretty simple for the most part. Um, I, I like it a lot. I like the colors as well. I mean, you mentioned the the greenness of it all, but the SFC maybe slightly confusing when I first saw that, and I was like, "Oh, Sevilla, what's going on here?" But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I guess it's just Seattle. So it's a firm nine time zones away in Sevilla. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, I'd say a success there for, for their logo. But we're talking the Premier League. We're back in Premier League. We always have MLS Corner here that we start the show out with sometimes. Uh, but MLS has, what, about eight weeks to, to the uh, postseason, postseason yeah. playoffs a little bit. But we got Premier League ahead. We got game week seven. Me and Chris, I think, I don't know, we're combined 30-0, and 0, I want to say, on our bets. We're going to have the record <laughs> up on Records up shortly here, but we, we've been killing it. I think overall, it's been a great t- start to the season for us. And we, we can only, the hope is that we can only continue that success is what I'll say, but check it out on the site. We have, I got predicted lineups out. We got FPL rankings. We got Fantrax rankings. We got waiver wire pickups at Fantrax. Bunch of good stuff there, but we're going to be going into cheat sheets. And actually, no, we're not. We're talking about betting. What am I talking about? We're getting into betting. about cheat sheets. Yeah, but uh, if you want access to those cheat sheets, rotowire.com slash soccer child. That's a 48-hour trial uh, to get pretty much everything available at Rotowire, including everything available through soccer. But I'm on the betting page here. As you can see, it compares odds for different sports books. And we got three games up. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitter here, uh, please like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Thank you to everyone. We hit 1,000 subscribers over the weekend, but uh, we got the games up here. This first game we're talking about, this team, Sheffield United, they just lost 8-0. to nil. But uh, we have actually not had a bet on Sheffield United this season, so what better time is is now than now uh, after an eight-goal loss here? Now they're at West Ham for this one. So we got West Ham are at home. They're minus 215 to win. Sheffield United plus 550, and the draw is plus 380. And then we're going to go not a ton of goals here. <laughs> But still, I mean, over over two and a half goals is minus 155. Under two and a half goals is plus 125. I think some of that is built in from 
from basically what just happened with Sheffield United and, and they kind of, you know, were smacked around a little bit. But I think this is going to be a uh, – well, I guess we have questions here. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up. We haven't heard anything about Sheffield United's manager, Paul Heckingbottom. It was rumored pretty much last week that it was like, okay, Chris Wilder, prior manager who was managing them when they were brought up, what, four years ago now, that he was going to be coming in, taking over for Heckingbottom. That has not happened yet, at least from what I can see. Um, it has not happened yet, and Hacking Bottom is still there despite losing that eight-goal game. It could happen Thursday. It could happen Friday. But at this point, why would you wait until the end of the week to do it when you could have done it Monday? So we're just going in with the assumption that same manager here, same players here. So what do you think about this one, Chris? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I think you know West Ham coming off a loss at the weekend, um, and then I guess I didn't see what they did in the League Cup. Uh, this I think they won. I want to say one nil today. Yeah, just as a caveat, there was this was a League Cup week, so that yeah, I think most of these teams. I don't think I think Sheffield United had lost. Um, they actually lost, they lost Lincoln lost City in the second round of League Cup, so they didn't play midweek. Well, West Ham, I think that I forget who they played. They won today. one nil at Lincoln. Okay, Lincoln City. So yeah, they're the the imps or something like that. So yeah, Sheffield United may be having the potential to have an extra few days off here, whereas West Ham, you know, coming off a League Cup win. I do think that they played a little bit of a lesser lineup in that match. So that, you know, take that into consideration, at least for the weekend. But uh, yet West Ham, I you know, sitting on 10 points, they've looked pretty good. Obviously a tough matchup last weekend. Meanwhile, Sheffield United, yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I think it would have been a bit of an overreaction to, to sack Heckingbottom. But, I mean, 8-0 is 8-0, especially in the Premier League era. I don't know. I, I think I saw 9-0 might have been the biggest ever win in the Premier League. So that's kind of wild. I tuned in at, at like, 3-0, and it was, like, 15 minutes in. I think I kind of tuned out um, when it was 5-0, and then it ended up being being 8-0 when I look back. And I was, you know, each time I was like, geez. Anyone trying to play defense on, uh, on that back I line? saw on Twitter uh, the family guy gif of uh... – of Peter like walking up, he was at a stadium walking up. Then he turned around, and then he walks up, and then the, the fans go, and then he turns around, and then the fans go, and it, it just happened eight times for every goal. It was it was a uh, pretty yeah. perfect. That's shout out to the the uh, the internet sleuths out there <laughs> doing their doing their best work. But uh, you know, in terms of this game, West Ham, you know, you think you think David Moyes like just like a really tight back line, but they've actually been conceding a few, a few fair bit of goals. They've conceded six in their, their last two games. Mind you, both of those opponents were Man City and Liverpool. But even prior to that, they conceded to Lutentown, to Brighton, um, just conceded once to West Ham in that win. But they've been giving up goals. Meanwhile, you know, as we said, Sheffield United um, have been uh, giving up a couple as well. Eight in their last game, two to Tottenham, two to, two to Everton, two to Man City. Two to Nottingham Forest. So, if you're uh, for that reason, I didn't really go for the overs. I thought the overs were just like I couldn't find the exact value. I think it was you had to go to three and a half to get it to get some good value on that. But um, yeah, what, what was it? It was yeah, two, over two and a half is minus one fifty five. So you know, considering that, you got to go to three and a half um, to get plus one sixty. I don't love that myself. Uh, you know, thinking thinking through that kind of like. That same same thought process. I was like, all right, let's just go both teams to score. You know, I think it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Of course, I don't. I mean, I think they'll both be able to score, but it's it's a minus one thirty, so a little bit on the cusp of what we normally do. But uh, you know, could use a win here. 
Um, so I'm on both teams to score minus 130. Uh, both teams have been giving up a ton of goals. Not a, not a whole lot of clean sheets aside from Sheffield United being shut out against Newcastle last weekend. Are you on that too, or are you kind of thinking that this this might be a change of pace for both teams? Yeah, I think it's more of a change of pace for both teams. Because uh, I, I mean, I went through West Ham's schedule, and, and you see the you see the recent games here. Of course, they have Europa League. I'm not even sure this team they played in Europa League. I think we mentioned it last week, but they played some team called Baca Topola, um, which which they dominated. But uh, besides <laughs> that, so they had the Liverpool match. They had Manchester City. Luton Town, they had that win at Brighton. They had the game against Chelsea. Bournemouth was the opener. So a lot of different matchups. They haven't really played a team that's just like, okay, uh, granted this Sheffield United team, I don't know, maybe it doesn't matter how they play. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think the way I looked at it, so you got, you got yes on both teams to score here. Um, but I would say that in terms of so West Ham, they usually like to play like this David Moyes. They're, they're not like a team that's just going to dominate possession. And as Chris sees my bet here for the first time, I got a plus 425 bet. I've done this before. Um, maybe it hasn't worked. Maybe it has. Uh, I, I took Luton Town Corners against West Ham a couple weeks ago. That one hit, but just on the basis of. West Ham don't play with that much possession. And then I think there's just a ton of value here. I, I looked at, I tried to find an edge between race to three corners and race to five corners. Race to three corners is about plus 230, plus 250 or something like that. So I, I just went big here. And just under the assumption that, okay, West Ham aren't a team that's going to dominate possession. They're not going to be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to be on the front foot and rack up five corners right away. Though, again, that could happen because, Sheffield United may may have lost their I don't know <laughs> they may want hecky bottom out kind of a thing they may not they put they may put another dud up but I, I watched that Newcastle Sheffield United match and they were kind of I mean it was pretty even after 20 30 minutes and then that first goal happened where I think Anthony Gordon it actually hit his hand and VAR looked at it and for some reason they didn't call the handball and they gave Newcastle the goal anyway. And I think the Sheffield United, the United players saw that and was, and when they were just like, we're done here. And unfortunately, uh, they're professional players that they had that attitude. Um, but <laughs> I, I think there, I think there's still some kind of bounce back here is kind of what I'm getting at. If we just throw out that eight nil loss, I think just the odds here at plus four twenty five uh, against Fulham or against West Ham who are traditionally a team that's not going to rack up a ton of corners. I think it's pretty good odds here. So Sheffield United race to five corners plus 425. You didn't like, I think I had a couple weeks of plus 400 uh, a bet, but uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I'm, I am weary. Um, just looking at, at the total, at the total team stats here for the season, we've got uh, corners one here for Sheffield United, 21 corners in six matches total. I mean, little little having reservations about this one overall, just because, you know, they they're not even averaging five corners a game at this point. Uh, looking at that, you know, and then you you take into, I mean, not that West Ham has done much better. They've they've uh, taken twenty five corners, so just four more. So it's about it's a similar level. But why not go to Sheffield United race to three corners rather than the five? Any any thoughts of that? It's plus two. It's you're about half the half as I want the extra the money. I want the extra money, and yeah, I also, so- and I also want if it's like okay, West Ham 
they get this goal in the first half and maybe they get, you know, they get the first few corners. Then we have Sheffield United kind of pressuring, kind of pushing for, you know, the equalizer kind of thing. Cause I don't think West Ham are just going to be like, Hey, we're going to, you know, pass the ball around. We're going to be Manchester city and dominate possession. Cause that's not who they are. So I think if, even if West Ham don't get the goal, but if they do, I, I think that what the race to five is more likely for Sheffield United. That's interesting. I, I have reservations, like I said about this. I would rather just go to the race of three corners um, for this bet if I was going to do like a similar bet. But, you know, I'm not a corners guy. But, uh, yeah, so officially yeah, my, from an editorial perspective, I would I would do three corners. But uh, thing, five is bigger money. For what you brought up, Sheffield United, I mean, I think some of that just has to go into schedule because they've, they've yeah, also had a pretty difficult schedule. I mean, you just look at – Okay, they had the Newcastle match, but they also had Tottenham. They also had Manchester City. So it's like, how many corners are you expecting from them in, the, in those games? Uh, even I then? mean, so same could be said for for West Ham though. Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, uh, Chelsea. Yeah, West Ham have... gave up. They gave up nine corners to Luton Town, and they gave up ten corners to Bournemouth. So that's kind of where that's, that's kind of where my line of thinking is here. We do we need that on the uh, that's a that's a quick pickup for the t- uh, the tech team. On rotowire.com, corners conceded. I don't think that's a talk. Like, you can't toggle that on the team stats. Yeah, send uh, support at rotowire.com, I believe is the. Yeah, that would be good to know. That's a, like, in the same way that we look at Arsenal having 58 corners in six matches, you know, it would be good to know how many. Have they conceded 10? You know, have they conceded five? But No, actually, sorry. Corners conceded are on our cheat sheets. I, I should say that. They are on our cheat sheets. So okay. we'll, we'll, click on, we'll click on that at the end of the show, and uh, we'll, show, we'll show everyone wh- where you can find that. But all right, so Chris, your yes on both teams to score, that's minus 130, and then I got Sheffield United race to five corners, plus 425. All right, Chris. So this game is also Saturday. It can be considered, you know, the biggest one of the weekend, which it is. So uh, we talked about Tottenham last week. I don't believe either one of us hit those bets. Uh, I think you had some kind of bet with under three and a half. I took both teams to score no draw. And of course it was two, two. So that did not hit, but we have Tottenham our home against Liverpool Tottenham who did not have a match midweek. They are another uh, they they were knocked out early in Carabao Cup, so they don't they do not have UEFA play, and they do not have Carabao Cup play. Liverpool they did another you know let a goal to uh, Leicester City in I don't know third minute or something like that, and then they came back one three one, which is basically how they play these days. Uh, we kind of mentioned it last week, but we got Tottenham plus one ninety five. One I found that a little surprising here that Tottenham are. You know, a decent size underdog here at home. They're plus 195 to win. Liverpool are plus 120 to win. The draw is plus 310. And then you got to go up to over three and a half goals is plus 100. Under three and a half goals is minus 120. So thinking goals here, which isn't too surprising given Liverpool's penchant to allowing goals in the first 20 minutes. And then given what Tottenham just did against Arsenal as well. So this is your squad. Are, are you the first thing you said to me was you know Liverpool money line plus one twenty, but that is not the bet you're taking. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, not the bet I'm taking, but it certainly was the first one that popped out to me. I mean, that's that's probably be probably because 
that's what the first bet that shows on DraftKings when you when you pull up the game. But there's a couple I thought about. Uh, first of all, yeah, I did miss out on that. Um, I think I had Arsenal double chance in under three and a half last weekend against Tottenham. So I just missed out on that one narrowly. But um, yeah, I'm. This has kind of come up on me shortly. Here. I was very pessimistic to begin the season about Liverpool's chances, and and at this point they've they've kind of blown what I thought away. They they. I think one five drawn one uh, sitting in second place going back. I think they've won seven. They're, they're unbeaten in their last 17 games in the Premier league going back to last season. Um, so they're playing, you know, really well. Uh, they did just finish up a three, one win over Leicester city earlier today um, from a lineup standpoint. Sala was completely arrested. So that helps no Van Dyke. No, I think the biggest question mark for Liverpool will be Trent Alexander Arnold. Does he come back into the side or do they keep Joe Gomez out there? Robertson was completely rested as well. I think they brought they brought on a couple subs, but like Gakpo, Jota, um, and then Ben Doak started up front. So they should have a couple of different options, um, mostly fit. But yeah, Tottenham. I mean, aside from like, they battle back, they were great. I thought they were you know really great last weekend and, and kind of. Uh, they were just like a one bad Christian Romero away from getting a better result, but uh, I think they'll take a, I think they'll take a point away at uh, at Arsenal, anyways. But yeah, hosting Liverpool here, we know these these matches in the past two seasons have past you know maybe five six seasons have become kind of wild. Of course, there was the the four three win for Liverpool at home. Uh, Liverpool did beat them at uh, at Tottenham last season two one. Um, so I can't, I can't, I'd have to go back a bit to, to the last time Tottenham won against, I think 2017, they won in the Premier League 4-1. So otherwise it's been pretty much Liverpool dominating. I'm actually going to com- go completely off the, like, you know, I'm not a, not a money line bet, not an over-under bet, but I am going to go to the main man who's done it all many times. And that's Mohamed Salah. He's, he's a uh, plus 140 anytime goal scoring odds here. Uh, although I mentioned all the reasons why maybe a money line bet for Liverpool might be interesting. I think you just got to look at, at what he's done against his body work against Tottenham. He scored three against him last season. He scored, I think nine and 12 games overall. If you count the champions league final against him, he kind of just fills, fills the back of the night when he plays them. So I think this, this one's pretty safe, but um, safe. I, safe. I think I like, a, I love a solid plus one forty. He's completely rested. Seven days. He knows what to do against against Tottenham. So, um, he knows I don't, you what know, to do. I, I mean, I, it's, it's. I don't have a. I think they, they, they can come away with three points here. But are you worried about the Sala Udogi matchup? <laughs> Udogi looked pretty good. I mean, he picked up an early yellow card against uh, Saka last week. Yeah. I, I was like, I was real worried. I was like, I, I was like, man, this. This this could get ugly quick and potentially like red card territory if he's not careful. But after he got the yellow card, he played really well. I thought you know down throughout that that entire match. So I, I was impressed with him. I'm not worried about that. Um, I mean, Salah and Saka are b- both incredible players. So I, I think uh, you know if he does it again, you know, good for him. But uh, I think back to back weeks, those are probably two of the toughest matchups you're gonna get get from like a man marking perspective. Yeah, I think Tottenham, you know, kind of showed a lot in that last game. Uh, I mean, we both kind of thought we were leaning on Arsenal. We gave out the stat, you know, Tottenham have what they, I don't know, probably never have won at Arsenal. Maybe it's been 20-something <laughs> two years. Wins in, two wins in 30 years. Yeah, something like that. But, I mean, just the fact that, I mean, you look at the numbers, they had more possession than Arsenal. 
at the end of the day and Arsenal got a couple goals, then they bounced back in both situations. So, I mean, that in itself, I think it is, is really impressive given just what we've seen from prior versions of Tottenham. And that's kind of what I'm leaning here because I, when I, what I initially said was I kind of think the odds are somewhat surprising. I thought it'd be, you know, a little closer to even about, you know, plus 160, plus 160 for both of them to win. But the fact that Tottenham are underdogs at home, maybe they could use that as, you know, some motivation factor. But I got a nice little single game parlay here of Sp- uh, Spurs double chance with over two and a half goals and that's plus 145 so pretty much what you're you're kind of line of thinking here there's probably going to be goals it seems like there's going to be goals um you know what we mentioned udogi but romero has had some issues against arsenal and i don't think tottenham's defense is completely there yet whereas liverpool can you know score against anyone so that's that's on the table there but liverpool can also allow goals to anyone so uh, you know, you look at recent matches for Liverpool, it's 3-1 in four straight games. So as long as, you know, Tottenham don't don't lose this, uh, I, I like this one here. So Tottenham double chance over two and a half goals is plus 145. And then Chris has Salah to score at plus 140. So both these can hit pretty, I don't want to say easily, but it, it makes sense that both of them uh, could hit in the same game here. But the, are you gonna, you're not going to be happy, though, if it's a draw. Uh, I I need ninety minutes to watch a game to to know if if I'm going to be happy with this. If it's a draw, if they're down three nil, they come back and <laughs> tie three three. You know, I might be okay with that. But if it, if they're up three one and they concede too late, you know, probably going to be pissed. But uh, any thought to uh, money line up to thirty thirtieth minute Tottenham bet here plus two ninety five? It's been four straight games where Liverpool have given up an early goal and then come back. That could be a fun little. That's for me. That's just a fun little bet. That plus two ninety five. Yeah, it's Tottenham and up until the thirtieth minute. Plus two ninety five. Could be interesting. Where's that listed at? It's on DraftKings. It's uh, under game props, I believe. Oh, game props. Yeah, okay. game game props, and then you gotta scroll about midway down the page, and you can get it at. Uh, they have up to seventieth minute too. I don't really like that one, but I think. Could be an interesting, like a you know, a smaller wager bet, and just see what happens. It's actually really enticing. Yeah. Plus two ninety five. Yeah. Hmm. If I remember, I'm I'm gonna have to look at that come uh, Saturday before this game. Uh, that is very enticing. You think that at some point is Liverpool gonna come out and play <laughs> well in the first twenty minutes, or is it just gonna be okay? Uh, we're, we don't care. We're I don't know. They had a couple. I don't know. I was gonna say had a couple beers, but uh, they they just, they Jurgen's <laughs> popping the pollinators for them in the locker room. They didn't do like the right kind of prep, or they haven't been doing the right kind of prep for the first twenty minutes for some reason. It, it takes the other team scoring for them to you know wake up and, and and realize what's going on. I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm just so accustomed to it now. I, it's like part of you know it's a r- ritual at this point. You know, let's get see one early, boys. See if we can't crank it up in the sixty minutes on. You know. Yeah, I, I doubt TAA is going to start, but they so it's yeah. going to be arrested Joe Gomez, and you never I don't know if you ever want to bet against arrested Joe Gomez is is kind of what I've Adam, heard. So Adam is the biggest non Liverpool supporting <laughs> Joe Gomez fan I've ever met. He loves Joe Gomez. Yeah, he's good. He's filling in. They haven't lost. So props to Joe. Seventeen games. <laughs> well, not all seventeen, but yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The second biggest game of the weekend is what we're talking next. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I was I figured out today what was going on with the schedule. So we have, is it eight games on Saturday, main, maybe? All the games are on Saturday, but we have the NFL game that's going on Sunday. Yeah. And that, that is why there's only one Premier League match on Sunday, which I think this is a new schedule change because I don't remember it being like this this drastic to where, okay, there's one Premier League game because NFL is going on. So they must be kind of going, I don't know, NFL maybe paid the Premier League to, you know, not have a game during that time. So, so all the, all their, so they can gain fans, something like that. But we have Nottingham, of course, this one great go to market strategy right there from the NFL. Yeah, of course, the lone game here is Nottingham Forest home against Brentford. And this is, this is something, this is a match here. Uh, we got Nottingham Forest at plus 180 to win. Brentford are plus 160. Draw is plus 220. Over two and a half goals, plus 105. Under two and a half goals, minus 135. And right now, uh, I think maybe the only thing more down bad than our records is Brentford right now. Brentford are in, they're figuring things out and they're in a much worse spot than last season. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure when they're going to be able to figure it out. Maybe it's in this game, but so they, in addition to Ivan Tony being down, Ben B's out to the international break. Rico Henry's out for the rest of the season. So that's basically three starters that they're not going to have in this match. Of course, Tony's out until January, but Kevin Shad also, uh, he's going to be out. Damsgaard is out as well. So they got all these injuries. They just played against Arsenal today. They lost 1-0. They didn't even rotate that much as it is. So that's another piece of the puzzle there for them. We'll see how they line up. Uh, they, you know, Thomas Frank is, is, is the master motivator, but at some point, you know, having a worse goalkeeper than last season and being down three starters uh, is, is going to hurt, especially a team like Brentford. But at the end of the day, they're playing Nottingham Forest and anything can happen. So, Chris, do you think Nottingham Forest can win or is this is this a bounce back spot for Brighton? I, I will say Thomas Frank said this week he was just talking about he's like, Bright, Brent, for Brentford, <laughs> Brentford. He was talking up. He's like, we're a great bounce back team. I believe in us against Arsenal didn't happen, but he, I mean, the fact that he's talking about Brentford as being a great bounce back team, maybe, maybe this is the bounce back here against Nottingham Forest. You think it, you think this is the bounce back spot for him? Maybe bounce back for Brentford and for kits and wagers all in one weekend. What do you think? Yeah, it could be full transparency here. Adam, Adam slacked me this, 
that we're going to touch on this uh, this game, and I just kind of like threw up in my mouth so a sl- slight bit, and I'm still kind of dealing with that. But uh, yeah, this is a, this is a tough matchup. Only if if they didn't want any, if they wanted all eyes to go to the NFL or the NFL <laughs> game, well, they're going to succeed this is with it. this one because I don't think anyone's watching. And who knows if they, they're getting it? But um, I don't think anyone's why why um, might tune in a little bit, but we'll see. Um, but anyways, yeah, two two teams who need to win. Uh, Brentford went out of, went out of the League Cup today. They lost Arsenal one nil, three one against uh, Everton last week, and then the week before that, it was one nil against Brentford. They have not won a game since their first first game. Uh, or they drew a game against uh, Bournemouth that was back in September. Otherwise, they've they've been struggling. Uh, back, yeah, in <laughs> back in September. Back in September, yeah. We're, this game is in October. You tell how much I hate this game, but yeah, uh, we. So I, <laughs> this game is. <laughs> this is a Wednesday night show for everyone. Yeah, I'm just I'm on like hour ten of looking at screens here, but um, this I'll say this isn't not this is not even beers and wagers. This is tea and wagers for Chris. Yeah, I got a, I got a nice chameleon tea going on right now. <laughs> Cam Isle or whatever the hell you say it. Chamomile. Anyways, chamomile. You can tell I drink. don't drink a ton of tea. Anyways, we're off the, <laughs> off the rails right here, but I'm going to just get into my bed before I get yeah. break down what's going to go on here. Um, yeah, missing Rico Henry, obviously missing some other players. I like uh, a nice safe two to three goal bands bet here. That's two to three total goals. It's plus 100. I think, uh, you know, Brentford's as we mentioned, going to be missing a, a two a two starters, at least in the back line. That should be enough for Nottingham Forest to start to, to maybe like rev up the attacking engine. Meanwhile, Brian Buemo has been, has been pretty good. I think this season, he should be back in the, the lineup as well. I think, you know, between him and a couple of their other attackers, they should be able to find the back of the net, maybe a goal each one, one draw. We get out of there. We, we call it a day and we get over to Adam's corners bet. Yeah, I almost think the more I look at this, that maybe Brentford kind of threw us off the scent early in the season. They had the 2-2 match against Tottenham, and that that was okay. Okay, it was a home opener. We'll, we'll give it to them. But really, I think, looking back at that match, I think Tottenham maybe were unlucky to get three points there. Uh, I think they, they kind of dominated the second half, probably should have gotten another goal. Then the Brentford had the away win at Fulham, and that was just a weird game. It was 3-0. Uh, Fulham, we're still dealing with all the rumors of Mitrovic and, and Willian going to Saudi Arabia kind of thing. Just, just a weird early season match. And then we have these other home matches. Okay, a 1-1 against Crystal Palace, 2-2 against Bournemouth. You know, home spots where they you know, probably should get a win there, maybe get better results. And then, okay, lost against Newcastle. And then last week, and I don't know if I want to say one of the worst games I've seen from this Brentford team over the last couple of years. But they did not look good against Everton. Uh, they yeah. they just cannot get anything going. This was the first match without Rico Henry. Ben Mee's been out for a couple games already. So it, I don't know. It just doesn't feel really great for him right now. And then I don't know if they have – they. I don't think they have the answer to replace Tony. They haven't found the answer yet to replace Tony up front. I know when Brian Buemos had a great start to the season, but I he's not the same kind of player – and I don't think – I think they're really lacking in a lot of areas. And uh, getting to my bet here, I got four – I went – I'm going back to my roots here. Nottingham Forest minus 0.25 corners in the first half. That's minus 115. So, again, if uh, if it's even on corners, 
you get half your money back. But if Nottingham Forest have more corners than Brentford, uh, then you win this bet. So I, I just think that this is a great spot for Nottingham Forest to get three points. Um, the one one way this isn't going to happen is a, it's okay. It's a bounce back spot spot for Brentford. They're kind of attacking early from the start, and you know they're just getting a bunch of corners, kind of a thing. But I I don't know if they're built for that right now. I I actually wonder uh, on the uh, on my lineup show I did. I, I wonder usually Brentford play with five defenders. They play in that five three two formation against better teams. I wonder if they actually do that in this spot and going forward, even against Nottingham Forest, just because they have the Kevin Shot injury and they have they have Rico Henry out. So I wonder if they just kind of go with that five, three, two, maybe play some of these games a little safer. Um, I may even look at the under two and a half as I'm looking at Chris's two to three goal score, but, but I may look at the under two and a half as well. If they go that five, three, two, that, that's kind of the route I'm going. But what do you think for the score result here? Nottingham Forest two, one or one, one, one kind one. of thing. One, one. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get, get, give me that exact goal, but one, one. Yeah, that one. But I mean, for no one, particular reason other than that, this game will be terrible. It, it makes the most sense. We we still aren't sure on on what Nottingham Forest are going to do. They, I have my projected lineup here. It kind of has Hudson Adoy and Alanga starting. That's kind of what they did against Burnley. I think that you know this is a spot where they can do that again. Uh, but Nottingham Forest are always in play to allow a goal. So 1-1 kind of makes sense there. I mean, they have a – looking at this lineup, they have a better attack than Brentford does, like from a player perspective. In my – in you know, I could be, you know, open for interpretation, but I do think that they have a better front. No, I front I think yeah, I think it's 100%. You can pretty much, you know, compare Brian and Buomo to Morgan Gibbs-White, and then Iwani is just a better striker than anything they have. And then yeah. Hudson Adoy and Alanga combo is probably better than than Yuan Visa and, and Lewis Potter there. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean at the end if you just look comparing these players here, I'm not sure Brentford's roster is actually that much better. Though I guess you could say, okay, Janelle, Jensen, and Norgard is the better midfield. I, I think that's maybe yeah. that's what separates them a little bit. Um, but I mean the thing about Brantford is they've been ha- they've been getting past teams with a lesser lineup for the better part of like four seasons, you know. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a we'll, project. We'll just see. We'll see how much uh, this Rico Henry injury is going to affect them throughout the throughout the season. Because yeah, yeah. Mads love game one against Everton just didn't go that well. Just did not go that well. Let's get into our team parlay here. Our team parlay is up. Was it two thousand bucks? We're six and zero, something like that. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'll pull up the cheat sheet here. Actually, what, what game? What game are you talking about here? I'm talking about Aston Villa Brighton on first game of the, the weekend. We got right, a I'll, tasty, tasty matchup between these two teams. I'll pull up the odds here for for that one for okay. for all the uh, for the community here. So Aston Villa home against Brighton, pretty fun game. This is, I mean, you could argue this is maybe the most the most fun game outside of Liverpool Tottenham. So. Uh, even odds, plus 155 for Aston Villa, plus 160 for Brighton. What do you got in this one? I am on uh, – Aston Villa's playing at home. Aston Villa, you know, playing okay. Um, I think that they'll be able to come away with at least a draw or at least a point. I don't think that they'll lose to Brighton, you know. And Are you not, worried they just lost to Everton today? Yeah, I am slightly. I, you know, I just looked at that, that result. But, um, yeah, but – a bit uh wait that was today 
or was it yesterday? That was no, two one. Yeah, good call. Um, I don't know. I think that I think at home that they're playing well enough. Unai Emeril, like from a tact this is a this will be a fun like tactical battle between the two teams. Uh two teams who kind of uh went above and beyond our expectations that we had for them last season. Again, we, we kind of expect them to to be in the fight for those European spots at the end of the season again. But uh I like uh Aston Villa or uh double chance here. And I think did I did I go over two and a half? You got over one. Uh, over one and a half. Wow. Really gave it to me there. Um, it's minus 145 odds. And so I'm doing a, a same game parlay here with the parlay. So it's, you know, we're getting kind of kind of crazy here. But uh, looking back, at least from a goals perspective, like an over one and a half, this shouldn't be the issue. It'll, the issue will be whether or not Aston Villa can take a point away here. But, you know, looking back, Villa won last, uh, last May 2-1. They drew to Tottenham 2-2 in, I think that would have been the League Cup before it was a replay i'm not sure um or penalties did that maybe it was a friendly anyways and then um i think they played in the united states in one of those friendlies oh wait no actually that was a world cup friendly sorry yeah world cup friendly okay gotcha okay um they actually won both of these matchups last year uh two one on both both home and away season before they also they also played um and villa won those ones two nil so they've actually they're riding in the in the league a four game winning streak against Brighton, so uh, helps that they're playing at home, I think, and I think that they can pull points here. And the over one and a half should not be a problem. If it's a one nil game, I would be pretty surprised. Yeah, this bet uh, we we put this together at DraftKings in case anyone was wondering. Chris is he has the single game parlay, Aston Villa double chance with over one and a half goals. Uh, I'm on this one, and I for my article check that out rotowire.com/soccer when it's out probably be out Friday morning but I'm going to be on a side in this bet and let's just say it's going to be Aston Villa but uh of any manager I think of you know there's a couple managers I think that that can outmanage Roberto De Zerbi. De Zerbi has you know the certain way to play of how Brighton are winning a lot of these games David Moyes took it to him you know a few weeks ago Unai Emery did it a couple times last season already and I think Unai Emery can do it again. So I'm kind of on this one. So with the Aston Villa double chance, again, back to my roots here, just, you know, just the bread and butters, Everton, Luton town over four and a half corners in the first half. That's plus 100 surprising plus 100 and mainly surprising because just neither one of these teams have been consistent at getting corners or allowing corners, but Everton are, I don't know if I want to say, they, they've rebounded a little bit. They had the big win against Brentford, then they just won at Aston Villa, so they're at least playing with confidence. And then as for Luton Town, they're in an interesting spot here. So we actually bet on them last week. Fortunately, they could not win one of their halves, which was still frustrating to me. But So they lost uh, on Tuesday at Exeter City. All their fans are pissed because they lost. 1-0 in a very winnable matchup. And I wonder if they kind of, uh, if both these teams try and try and go forward early. And I think if we get an up and down game, I think we're going to get over four and a half corners. That's just kind of what I'm thinking here. So we got Everton with their confidence and what Deitch likes to do early in games is, is kind of, you know, push it a little bit. That in addition to just, some kind of bounce back from Luton Town from just a, I don't know, pretty bad loss on Tuesday for them, for, for their fans and probably for them personally. Uh, so 
I'll just go over four and a half corners there. I think that's an interesting game. I might have another bet on that in my article, but what do you think about the Everton Lutontown game? What do you think about Everton here in general? Just, uh, you know, finally getting some wins, I guess. Yeah. Great result for them. Definitely last weekend. Um, it was kind of like, I hate to say this, but is it a matter of time before Sean Dyche like gets them to start to play, you know, how he, how he would formally get Burnley to play like, you know, a little bit more quality in the team, I think now at Everton than in his previous teams, but, yeah, I mean they're kind of turning around, and this is this is like another good one to like a good a get right match here for them against Luton Town. So, I I definitely you know think that they can they should pull all three points here. Yeah, yeah, they're like I want to say minus one sixty five. So uh, yeah. I did not say the uh, parlay is plus two thirty seven. Those are the odds. So my Everton Luton Town over four and a half corners in the first half. It's plus 100. Chris's single game parlay, Aston Villa double chance with over one and a half goals at minus 145. Put those together. It's plus 237 odds. I got the cheat sheet up if you're watching on YouTube. I'm going to scroll down down the bottom here for you. Team conceded stats, corners allowed. There you go. West Ham. Speaking of West Ham, speaking of corners here, West Ham have allowed the most corners in the league. Speaking of Sheffield United, they've allowed the second most corners in the league. Uh, So there are the numbers on those teams. But Chris, we got a comment here. Got to read this before we go. Our guy, Stephen P. Matthias Nunez, first goal scorer in that Manchester City match in a revenge game, a little bit of a revenge game there for Nunez, plus 1,400 in that one. What do you think? Nunez, first scorer, plus 1,400. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a deep bet right there. I will say that. Um, you know, a couple bucks on it gets goes a long way, that's for sure. Yeah, it, Nunez was the uh, – was he kind of I don't, think, I don't think he started today either. I think they brought in Kelvin Phillips. I didn't see if he yeah, – uh, Phillip, he came on – he came off the bench. Wasn't Nunez – he was like banned from training. Is that what happened? No. What do you mean? When he was at Wolverhampton. Oh, this this yeah. Match. I think to start this the, the season maybe they were uh, – yeah, like because he's about week, to get a big move or something like that. Right, the week of, uh, like he was, he was uh, the week of the the transfer deadline. Like he wasn't training with Wolverhampton or something, um, and then they they kind of kicked him out of training or something. I could be getting that mixed up with some. I feel else, like that's but... just like a preservation <laughs> thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He he came on in the 68th minute uh, for Ake in this game that they that Man City lost. They're out of the cup. That's too bad. Oh, is it? Is it too bad? Yeah, actually, speaking of, that's why I'm wearing my Alexander Isak kit. I got the Isak nice. kit on. Real Sociedad also beat Valencia today. So shouts to uh, San Sebastian. Shouts to Pinchos. Uh, great city of San Sebastian, Real Sociedad. Chris, you got anything else for the slate? We're, we're in no, here. It's, it's late. You need, time. you need dinner. Yeah, Chris needs dinner. Yeah. We're getting out of here. Thank you, everyone, for watching. You can find Chris on Twitter at chron8. I am at Rotosadrug. Thank you, everyone, for watching. As usual, like and subscribe. Let's win some bets this weekend. If you if you're winning bets, I will say you know send us a tweet or something if if you get some winning bets. If if they're losing, we don't want to hear about it. We know we feel we feel bad about it. But if if we're winning bets, if we're winning you money, you know at the end of the day, maybe you want to fade us. Maybe you want to fade us, and, and maybe you can win money like that. But I don't suggest it. I don't suggest it at all. 
Ozzy is saying Newcastle going to smash. They're home against Burnley. They're the biggest favorite on the Premier League slate this weekend. So wouldn't be surprising if that happens either. Uh, Newcastle has a pretty interesting, I think they play PSG, I want to say, next week in Champions League. So a pretty, pretty interesting uh, few days here for Newcastle coming up. But Chris, thanks for the show. Enjoy your dinner. We'll see everyone next week. Thanks, Adam. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.